Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs in the year 2022. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry hanging out with you, and it is a new year. That means new anniversaries. Chuck and I like to look back 40, 30, 20 years ago. We're going to go back to 1982 today and rank our 10 favorite movies from 40 years ago. I can't believe it. It seems like just yesterday when I was 12 years old in the theater seeing a lot of these films. We'll count down our 10 favorite ones. We've got some movie news mixed in there as well. And of course, you know, another show and it just seems like another icon passes away as we hear the news. Sidney Poitier passes away at 95 the day we do this show. So uh, before we get to all that, let's bring in Chuck Curry. Chuck, how you doing, my friend? Happy New Year, Mike. I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you. And uh, let's start with Sidney Poitier. You know, you know, John Madden, Betty White, Sidney Poitier. I mean, these are these are pretty gigantic, iconic figures in American film and TV. Agree. Guys at the age of 94. Another good run. um, But still, we lose a legend. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. I mean, obviously, uh, he, he was a groundbreaking actor. First one uh, to win a first African-American win an Academy Award. And, and that's a huge, huge stepping stone. Uh, he had one of the most interesting voices, right? Yep. yep. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. As people age, I always find this interesting. You haven't really heard much of Sidney Poitier no. in, a, in a long time. Betty White had that amazing run. In her 90s, right? Amazing. Yes. Upper 80s, 90s. Amazing run. The only thing I, I was trying to think in my mind's eye a comparable was to Betty White was probably George Burns, right? Who lived to 100. And really, he did, really, yeah. And he blew he became, up in his 80s, became, right? He, he went became, nuts. Right, yeah. Right. He, he, I mean, he, he did the movie Oh God in 70, 77 and then uh, Sunshine Boys, I think the year before. And then uh, he did that body switching comedy, 18 again. Yep. Uh, and it was a moderate hit. And he, his, his appearances on Johnny Carson were iconic, right? And he ended up doing three Oh God movies, right? He did yeah. Three- so he he was like, like Betty White, George Burns, they fit into that category of you think they would live forever, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and, then, and then you get and then you get other certain people in the limelight who sort of go away as a as a age, like Sidney Poitier, you really haven't heard much in a long time with him. I'll give you another example. Like Gene Hackman's another one, too, right? He's Gene Hackman. I mean, you saw him riding a bike last year. They had video of that, which is good. But I'll give you another example. Not a not a not an actress, but a, a big pop culture name like like Barbara Walters. Right. She leaves the view. Well, it's like a decade ago. Yeah. You don't hear anything about her. I would assume. The mind slips or. I hate to assume, but I'm, I'm I will assume there it is interesting. Well, and it's also hard to cast an 80 to 90 year old person as well. And when your movies, the one who doesn't go away is Clint Eastwood, right? He, I know he's I know. working behind the camera, too. You know, we look at Sidney Poitier's career. And, and, obviously, and listen, Martin Scorsese's up there. Yeah, sure. Um, Scorsese's up there. It's interesting to look at uh, Sidney Poitier's career, obviously, raising in the sun. He's done. He did three classics in a row, Sir with Love, In the Heat of the yes, Night, and Sir Guess Who's Coming to Diver, all in 1967, which is yeah, kind wow. of amazing. That I remember seeing amazing. him opposite uh, Richard Widmark in the Bedford incident about a naval cruiser that he and uh, he, he and, and there is a World War II movie, a really good movie with an unbelievable ending. You wouldn't think uh, could possibly end that way. And I just remember he directed some movies, too. He did Stir Crazy. He did uh, 
hanky panky. And obviously had a relationship with Bill Cosby. They did a couple of movies together, too. Right. Those yep. silly comedies Up in the Uptown 70s. Saturday night. Yeah. And, and, then he, and then he rejuvenated what he did. The movie Sneakers at Redford. Right. Yeah. What happened is in 1988 makes a comeback. He does shoot yes, the he kill. Yes. He does, uh, little Nikita sneakers and the jackal later and on in 97. And he plays basically an FBI agent in all four movies. Yeah. Um, but it's really good to see him on screen, especially I enjoyed Shoot the Kill a lot opposite Tom Berenger. Yeah, I mean, that was a moderate hit. And I remember that that I remember that I remember that 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 come comeback. I mean, sort of like you know, when Sean Connery came back with the untouchables, you know, all these major talents, they have the ebbs and flows. They have the big ups and they have the big downs, and then the good ones, they get back up. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And he did uh, last time. I think we saw him was when he you got know, an not honorary... every, to have a career like Tom Cruise straight up. Yeah. No, it's very rare. It's true. I mean, it just doesn't happen. But last time I think we saw him was in 2002 when he got an honorary Oscar um, at the Academy Awards, which was 20 years ago itself. Uh, so he hasn't really he never worked after that. And um, definitely an iconic actor. And, you know, the likes of Denzel Washington and everybody who came after him. Uh, it's just, you know, ridiculous of, of the trend that he set and uh, really broke down a barrier. And the defiant ones. Remember that with him and Tony Curtis, right? They're chained sure. together. It's a real yep. good flick, too. Uh, if you ever it just want to dive into his IMDb, there's about eight or nine movies in there that are really genuine classics or close. I, to. I it. always remember later in his life when he when he appeared at the Oscars, he got you huge ovation. Yes. Yeah. Very respectful. Just a classy guy. Just a movie star. Yeah, very, right? cla very, very classy guy. Very much so. Uh, all right, Chuck. I'm not sure if you got a chance to see anything, but is there any kind of movement or anything we should know about the box office over really what is normally a dead time of year anyway? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting this week. Uh, a movie called a, a spy thriller three five five with Jessica Chastain, Penelope, Penelope, Penelope. Cruz but it's getting good reviews. Looks good. Next, Looks like a good action week, movie. Next week you get Scream, trying to rein, reinflate, reexcite the fan base for that franchise. That's going to be an interesting number. How Scream does? I mean, the three five five. I just, I don't yeah. think it's going to do well. Now, probably not. Uh, and that, you know, with Omicron running its course too, I'm not sure if people are racing to the theaters. The one interesting thing, and I saw this stat. And I wonder what it would have translated if Don't Look Up was a normal movie. And yeah, I saw that. 152 million hours during its first week. It got it's streamed. The most popular, most, that is the most watched Netflix movie ever. Yeah. I don't think that would have translated at all theatrically. My gut feeling. It would have did okay. That's well, it. Let's, you know, normally Leonardo DiCaprio movies and Jennifer Lawrence movies, it's not like they, they, no, they're I, making tons of money anyway. Right. Unless it's Titanic or Hunger Games. That, that, yeah. You know, um, but, you know, it, it is notable because... Of, um, you know, and award season, right? They're going to take a look at that now. And I would think Don't Look Up is getting recognized by Golden Globes. I actually enjoyed it more than, you know, most of the people I talked to. And mm -hmm. it's actually got some legs. It's staying at number one now on the Netflix list. So uh, kudos to them. I did get a wait, chance wait, to see. You know, it goes to show you the star power. Now, like Red Notice yeah. with Dwayne Johnson, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot really did well viewership wise, right? Yep. And now this movie viewership wise really well. So it goes to show you people are searching out the high profile movies on, on the, on the, on the streaming. I'll give you another example. I, I was reading this stat combined HBO, HBO max and HBO have a combined 74 million subscribers, right? So if you took 74 million people, Mike say an average of say $12 a month, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah, well, and you could see how they can afford to do two hundred million dollar movies. Certain well, and, ca- and cast the cast that they do. Right. So you're talking big, big stuff. Even, I mean, the, even the Harry Potter reunion. Yeah. Spent, fun right? to watch, by the way, like um, like they do with friends, you know, those cast members got big money to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, they got big streaming numbers out of it, too. You know that uh, sure. you, there's no doubt about it. And I got a, in, another big star on Netflix. I watched her movie and actually it's really good. It's the unforgivable with uh Sandra Bullock. It's a real good adult drama. She's fantastic in it as well. Um, It's got a nice little mystery uh, tied around it. And she plays an ex-con who gets out and tries to reconnect with her younger sister that she raised. Um, It's really good. I enjoyed it. Nice, nice little movie by and that's two in a row now. And, you know, with Bird Box in this movie on on Netflix, she's another superstar actress that is tied to Netflix. I mean, yeah, you got to give him credit. You know, it's like it's like a big time baseball team that just pays the money. Right. They want to be they want to stay relevant and they'll just hire any you know, they'll get any t- any any player. That's what Netflix is kind of doing. They are. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. There is uh, Chuck, no doubt. Uh, outside of that, do we have any other movie news? I saw that uh, Chris what Evans is Pete? signed what, what on to play it? Gene Kelly in a movie. Yeah, I, I, I saw that story. It's not going to be a biopic of Gene Kelly. I think the story is going to be Gene Kelly. Met uh, I, I a, think kid, met right? a, a kid, right? A kid, a yeah. kid. And he's formed, a, you know, a, 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 a bond on set. And he's going to play Gene Kelly. Now, here's the deal. I like the concept. I think he's a super likable guy and a good actor, Chris Evans. And he'll fit that role really well. The question is, as we get generationally older, will people care? Now, we knew if you do this 15, 20 years ago, right. it's still, you know, there's still people who understood who Gene Kelly was. There's people who knew Singing in the Rain is a classic film, that he was a massive talent. As we go on a couple Another, decades yeah. more, yeah. Is, there's no, my point is there's no basing of there's no frame of reference, right? You don't know no. the RKO musicals and all the studio movies that were made back in the day. And yeah, you, you move another generation away from that. How and relevant it does t- it become? And, 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 and that's why we're in a really interesting time because... When you look at like I give you another example, you know, Peter Bogdanovich passed away yesterday, right? Yeah. Eighty two. Uh, yeah. Eighty two. Uh, Paper Moon. Yep. As picture show. He did. Mm-hmm. He directed The Mask with Cher also. That's a great yes, he movie. did. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Now you you ask, you know, 100 people you know about Paper Moon. I'd say 98 are going to say no. Probably most, not. Right no. now. Pa- Paper Moon. Ryan O'Neill, Tatum O'Neill. I was saying to somebody yesterday when I heard this, Tatum O'Neill was a massive talent as a child star. Absolutely. Moon, she's incredible in that movie. Won an Oscar. And then Bad News Bears. Holy yeah. smoke. I mean, she was great. It didn't translate into her adulthood. She had some issues. She, I remember her being on Rescue Me with Dennis Leary. But yep, yep. She was amazing in those movies. And uh, he was he was extremely knowledgeable about film was into film criticism, wrote articles. Uh, very interesting man. And uh, he, didn't, didn't he was with the, he cast Dorothy Stratton. Remember back in the day and they all I laughed. Do. That was Peter Bogdanovich. I think there was a, you know, he, you know, some people tied him into maybe she got murdered because there was maybe an affair I, there. I, and the I guy, I remember that. I yeah. remember that. I remember he, he cast a 21 year old Sybil Shepherd in uh in uh in last the, picture show late, right and he went up having an affair with her it broke up yeah his he's very interesting life very much so very much so and yeah he passed away a couple of days ago 
as well. Uh, I got one I'm hiding in my back pocket movie news that I want to get your reaction to. Is there anything else that you wanted you know, to bring up? Let's talk about the. I watched the trailer, the newest trailer to Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Oh, Holly Berry, Patrick Wilson. It's about the 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 moon coming out of its orbit, heading. Wait, Earth you know what it's about because it's well, hard to tell what the hell it's it, about. It, it appears the moon is just not the moon. It's like got like like a lot of secrets in that moon. Like whatever. This I got to tell you, Mike. I love Independence Day. You know that, right? Yeah. But as he's gone on, it's like the Irwin Allen syndrome of um, he, he doesn't understand what's silly and what's you got to stay grounded in some sort of reality. So I watch this trailer. It looks terrible. It, it looks no, unbelievably it silly. The CGI is horrendous. I, I just don't understand. And I love disasters. I love disasters. It's my favorite genre. But this looks ridiculous. Well, you know, it all starts with the script, right? When it doesn't so. look like there there is one um, and it's just everything thrown against the wall. And what sticks? First of all, I'm not a Patrick Wilson fan to begin with. And and then it there looks like they're gearing this around this British actor that I don't know. Are we supposed to know who he is? Because it I seems like they're gearing, you know, it's supposed to be Josh Gad. It's not yeah, him. It's it some, looks like his twin brother. But okay. yeah. And, and uh, Halle Perry. I mean, she's. She's kind of hot right now. I, I would have played off of that and just said, you know, just say she's the star of this movie. She and, and he's and he's loading the, the trail is loaded with goofy awful, humor, awful CGI, too. It's just yeah, it's pretty awful CGI, at least per- in the trailer. I can't a couple see- couple of things I want to bounce off of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus Yellowstone starring Kevin Costner uh, did 10.5 million viewers on the Paramount Plus basic cable network in its season four final that is the biggest basic cable number viewership since the walking dead in 2017 which drew 17 million viewers for uh i believe the uh the uh introduction of negan episode uh that's pretty impressive it's i always find it it's so interesting how people discover shows like who would have thought a show called yellowstone i love kevin costner but okay kevin costner's doing this basic cable show yellowstone Paramount it's, Plus. Nobody, Paramount, nobody really has Paramount it yet, Plus. right? I mean, I remember when it came on my 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 cable system. I'm going, oh, Paramount. But what is Paramount Plus? And I've watched. I, I'm not. I don't watch it religiously, but I have watched it. It's a very good show. It's very very raw, hardcore. People die. People are nasty. There's yeah. good. There's bad. Okay, it's a it's a nighttime soap that's very edgy. But people have discovered it, and it's been a it's become a really big hit for that. Uh, for, for that streaming Plus. service. Yeah. And yes. I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with um, Peacock, too, because I know they, yes. they, they were able to feature it on Peacock, the, the older um, episodes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people discovered it there. Turn that it, into it go, some new scri- subscribers. People, people, is, people are, are seeking out programming on streaming. They just are. Yeah. I, I'm, when, when, and, and, and we've got, you know, where the trend's going. Oh, no doubt about it. You know, um, and I'll tell you another thing real quick. I, I was on YouTube this morning, right? And um, this clip popped up and it was uh, it was a dinner movie theater. Right. And I guess you could watch the movie. In the lobby where they're serving you also. Right. So right. it had to be it had to be like 200 people or more. And they, and they showed the clip. It was 17 seconds of Andrew Garfield taking the Spider-Man mask off and he's Spider-Man. Right. And, the, and they went bananas. Yeah. I mean, completely bananas. And I, and I watch it. And it actually. It was exciting to watch, and I I, I did say I'm mixed on the film, but um, it, it just reminded me of what an awesome collective experience the right theatrical movie can bring to people. You know, the, your adrenaline pumping and 
a collective gasp or a it's a, I mean, well, and ultimately why? Amazing, and I it's going to it's going to go away by the wayside for the most part. I don't, but I don't think Not experiences totally. like that will. I think that will keep them opened in movie theaters, but it won't be as like it used to. Um, you're not going to see every movie in the movie theater, obviously, but you're still going to have that shared experience. You got to have it because even my daughter craves that kind of stuff. And she doesn't really have a lot of experience there. But when it happened yeah. and in Spider-Man and in Free Guy and stuff like that, she really got excited. That's good. About being in a part of that communal thing. I mean, like going to see Star Wars when it opens at midnight and everybody cheering as soon as the credits start, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we can't get away from that. I don't think we eventually oh, will, but I don't think we're going to go see, you know, Sandra Bullock's new movie, The Unforgettable in, in theaters. That's not going to happen. It, it, no, because the, the game plan. From the studios. Certain amount of products going to be they know it's stream. That's it. And a limited product in movie theater. I think the next casualty is network television. I really do. It, look, it, it doesn't look good. Yeah, I really do. Which is why they all got their own streaming services now because they know that's it's just like newspaper network television where you know the rookie at 10 o'clock on a tuesday night no one gives a crap no one so they'll watch it but they're not watching it tuesday at 10 o'clock so figure out a way to showcase that and then after that that means no local network news like i think that's the those are the ones that the, the domino effect from streaming you're going to end up seeing. So like these network Netflix will end up, I guarantee the, having the, a news, but, a news outlet that yeah. they'll start having. Hey, you want to watch local news or something? It'll but be on Netflix. They're sort of ahead of the curve because they know what you, what you're saying. They've, they've known now for two years. Right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, like the, the shows that do still bring in some viewers on network TV, like the Chicago, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire. They're on Peacock the next day. Yeah. So right? who so, does the same thing? Right. Who so does that, the same they, exact they, thing? Yeah. They, they, they've they've extended it. They've taken their network and they've extended it to stream, which is you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. have to offset your production cost because you need more eyeballs to watch this stuff. So that's what they're doing. Couple couple other things. Cobra Kai season four, number one Not TV surprising. show on Netflix for the week it came out. I'm so happy for Ralph Macho. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm and and all of them, William Zabka and yeah, I mean, yeah he's, he's been great. Yeah, and uh, I'm on the I got two more episodes to go in the season, and it's pretty consistent. I mean, these kids in the show they go from zero to to a hundred and ready to fight in like a blink of an eye. I was like, you and, know, and, and Netflix they all got rage problems. Netflix is, and that's <laughs> never that good. And Netflix is committed to season five. So oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, so it's good. And one last bit of movie news, and then we'll move on. Sony and Marvel. Have, a, have pushed their release date to the superhero vampire movie Mortavis with Jared Leto from J- uh, January 29th to April 1st. Obviously, okay. COVID concerns. Um, it's a better release date for it anyway. It, 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 it is. Um, I, I, I'm not that interested in it, but not really. I'm interested you know. to see Michael Keaton in it. That's about it. Um, your thoughts on it? Because I heard there's some momentum behind Andrew Garfield doing a third Amazing Spider-Man. Have you heard anything about this? I just heard some. Listen, I was talking to somebody the other day who's a real geek, right? And he's pitching me different scenarios, and he, he thinks will happen. And, and if you look, you take Avengers Endgame, all those characters, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Big hit, spectacle. Spider Man No Way Home, all these characters, massive hit, right? You could take what they did in that film. You could have Andrew Garfield do another Spider Man movie. You got Tobey Maguire. You could. 
you could take another Marvel property and have one of these Spider-Mans pop up in it. There's so many things that they can do, and they have the ability to do it. The mind, I think they'll do all of it. I think, I think anything you think that's viable what is about, gonna flesh out in reality. What about a what about a Hulk movie with Lou Ferrigno, Eric Banya, and Ed Norton along with Mike Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, I got a one. Gonna, I'm gonna say no. I got one more thing I want to bring up to you because I know many, you're... How, how deep is the well in your mind? Uh, well, I mean, listen, on. that's a pretty deep well, Mike. We, we know Bill Bixby won't be in it. That's the only sad part. Um, and he was awesome. Yep. Uh, one one thing I want to bring up because I know you're a wrestling fan and much like uh, Mr. T's and the Cindy Loppers and the, the stars, they get involved with uh, WWE or WWF. I yeah. heard Johnny Johnny Knoxville is going to be at Royal Rumble on yeah, January that, 29th in, 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 in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's going to be in it. And you know, he's going to take a beating. Oh, my God. It's going to be so funny, too. Um, Actually, it's a good idea. No. It is because he's promoting his new movie as well. Right. He's got another Jackass Forever coming out um, in theaters. So I, I thought a feeling I got a feeling he's going to last a long time in that battle. I, I wanted to ask you the best yeah. um, cameo by an actor or celebrity in a WWF or E event. Yeah, I mean, I Mr. T kind of made a career out of it. Like, yeah, he teamed he up with Hulk you know, Hogan, I, right? I actually remember going to one of the WrestleManias where Morton Downey Jr., if you remember him, <laughs> did a Piper's Pit, and Morton Downey Jr. played the heel, and Piper was a good guy, and then Piper wound up uh, spraying him with a fire extinguisher. Right. You know, I, I was after they lived, Piper came out, his hair was really long at the time. Um, I went to the first WrestleMania. I mean, they had uh, Muhammad Ali, and they had uh, Liberace. I think uh, was it Gladys Knight saying that night? I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I mean, now, so, none of them got in a ring. None of them wrestled. Right. No, I mean, listen, Donald Donald Trump's been Trump. at ringside and he's yep. got involved in some of that stuff. Um, I loved I listen. I loved the WWF back in the day. Yeah. Now it just it's it just it's different for me. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is. Um, I, I, I just the it you know, just, rest, re- wrestling in a lot of ways. It, it followed the trajectory of movies in, in terms of when it when when it was somewhere in the middle of like in the 80s, it was at its best. Right. Sure. Because it wasn't like the Bruno, not that Bruno Sammartino was great, but they tried to orchestrate wrestling back in the day is real. Right. And you had matches with Bruno Sammartino, Lutez, those type of wrestlers. And it was real. It was just wrestling. Right. It wasn't like managers coming out and hitting somebody over the head. It was a right. little different. They did a right. little of it, but, and then in the eighties, they got somewhere in between. And now it's just pure. It's like a fireworks show. It is. It is. Um, all right, Chuck, that's uh movie news and such before we How get to our doing, Mike, I'm, I'm doing okay? good so far. Um, let's talk about fast five and do five actors, directors, actresses. I give you the, the name. And you tell me the first role that comes to mind. We'll start out easy because it is Nick Cage's birthday today. Um, he, I know. Here's the thing about Nick Cage. OK, 50, uh, he's 57, by the way, 58, by the way. Still a young man. Yeah. OK, here's the thing about Nicolas Cage. He's done. He's done uh, 109 he's done, credits. OK, 109 credits. It feels like a thousand and nine. Yeah. No. Yeah, it does. OK, he's got he's, seven movies in the can. He's done some <laughs> great ones, though. Which I think were, listen, in my opinion, great watches, right? The Rock, 
Yeah, that's Stanley Good face, Stanley Good Speeds is best. The role. Rock and Face Off, are awesome great movies. movies. Yes, Four classic star movies, movies, right? Classic. Con Air is so entertaining. Great movie, right? Honeymoon in Vegas, great movie. Uh, family the, Man, I find I like a lot now. I uh, love the National Treasure. The first National one's very Treasure. good. He's awesome and kick ass. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's done. He's churning out movies left and right in in, in that new business model that you know he orchestrated and Bruce Willis and John Cusick and a lot of other people now. Just churning out movie after B movie and on on low level streaming and Walmart shelf. It's it's it, but he is going to do he is going to play um well he's going to play uh the, the the Tiger guy right and Netflix, and Netflix <laughs> Tiger uh, King yeah 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 Tiger King and then he's doing um he, he, the Universal Monster he's going to play um Renfield I think oh and, wow and, okay yeah so he's got a big role he, the guy's and he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas with Elizabeth Shue. Right. Yep. Great movie. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A great he, performance. The movie's he, not great, but he's great. He, in it. he is. Um, he is a tremendously fascinating talent. He is. Yeah. I mean, from, you know, from early uh, the 1990s, he owned. Let's face it. I mean, uh, plus, you got to throw in movies like City of Angels was a huge hit. Right. It was a huge yep. hit. Uh, eight millimeter. You and I both like. Oh, I love eight millimeter. You know? I love me. So give me that. I love that movie. Even fluff like God in 60 seconds is very watchable. Um, because it's highly produced, good cast, and it's got yeah. this good action in it. And remember, it could happen to you. Sweet little movie with him and Bridget Fonda. Yes, I agree. And I think one of his lost movies that probably nobody's seen is when he's playing the Secret Service guy in Guarding Tess with uh, a Valley Girl. Right? That's a, a Valley Girl. What a great movie way back yeah. when. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's actually in one of the movies in my top 10 for 1982. Uh, the guy's had an unbelievable career. It's just a shame. Even movie where he played the weatherman with the uh, Michael Caine in the, in the mid 2000s. Uh, he's good in World Trade Center, even though it's not a great flick. He's, he's good. Very in it. good. Yeah. There's no uh, argument. He's and you good. and I love knowing knowing's one of the great sci fi movies of the 2000s. And that was really his last mainstream hit. And, and big, then it just and went ca- off the rails. And kick ass. He came back and, and kick ass. Yeah. Kick ass. Yeah. Too. He's um, awesome in Kick-Ass. Yeah, I don't daddy. consider Kick-Ass because he's not like it's not him. Right. It's no, but he yeah. elevates it. He does. He does. That movie. Listen. When people talk about superhero movies, Kick-Ass is one of the great ones. I, I yeah. to me, for me, one it's of the movie. great ones. Yes, yeah. great movie. Speaking of superhero so movies, yeah. Chuck Jeremy Renner is uh, fifty. I can't believe he's fifty. He seems younger to me. Um, really got his break in the Hurt Locker. I mean, yeah. if you want to stay away from Hawkeye and picking a yeah. movie, um, I know people love his work in the Hurt Locker. I thought he was great in Arrival. I know you're not a huge fan of that, but I love that he movie. Did one of the Bourne clone movies, right? When he Matt did. Damon, yeah, he, he did. And he did it. that. He, did one. he was really good as the villain in the town. Remember with the. Yeah. With uh, Ben Affleck. The solid talent. Yeah, He's a good, really good talent. Um, how about Amanda Pete? Now, I know you're going to say 2012, yeah, but just try to think about it a little yeah, bit. I remember Amanda Pete. She did a show on the CW called Jack and Jill. That's when right. I first saw her. Right. All right. And I was like, ah, she's pretty appealing. Um, she. She had a run. Yeah, she's good in Brockmire, did, too. I don't know if you've movies. ever watched she that. Did those, she did those movies with, with Bruce Willis, right? Those combo, yeah. what they called? Yeah, that, uh, uh, what the hell's the name of it? I don't know. It'll, a whole 10 yards, whole nine yards. Yeah, right? whole, they did two yeah, of them. Yeah, nine, whole Matthew 10. Perry. Not that they're good movies. because No, not, they're not. They're yeah. She's, uh, that movie Identity, remember she's in that with uh, yeah. John Cusack? Yeah, that was a, a pretty I, good I like clip. that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like that movie. How about John McTiernan? Chuck, obviously one of our favorite directors because he did Die Hard. He did two great movies. So he did Predator. He did Die Hard. He did Die back Hard to with back. Avengers. Yeah. 
and then he had obviously had issue with uh, wiretapping incident. Did some time. Hollywood's never welcomed him back. What a what a what, that guy is a massive talent as a yeah, director. His last movie was Basic back in two thousand and three. You, you look at I mean I mean we talked about Die Hard ad nauseum on this program, but it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I'll watch it again this Christmas, and it one of the great directing still jobs of all time. One of the great directing jobs of all time. And remember, after Die Hard and Predator, he did do The Hunt for Red October, which I love. No, and it was a huge, massive hit. I you know. know so and he, you and I both think Last Action Hero is probably, you know, it's better than people remember it. It's not. Well, awful. you know, it's somewhat. No, it's not. It's a little flat. It's overproduced. But, and, and, it, it, and it's overproduced. And, and it was uh, it was time at the time when it came out to take a shot at Arnold. Right. right? Oh, he's, yep. he's on top of the game. It was oh, his turn. Little, yep. It's a little flat. Let's bury him. Yep. Right. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, Chuck. And last but not least, and this one might be relatively easy considering what he won an Oscar for and his role was just unbelievable. It's J.K. Simmons, who was really splashed on the scene later in life. He is 67 years old. I mean, it's whiplash, right? His best movies, his best performances. He's unreal in that movie. That movie is unreal, by the way. I remember watching that movie in a movie theater. Pocono Cinema were involved in, and I was my nervous system was in overdrive. Oh my god, that yeah. movie had me on edge. That movie is a tremendous movie. Yeah, it really is. It's the best of that year, by the way, way back. But he when. was born to play J. Jonah Jameson, right? He was <laughs> just born. <laughs> but really that's, almost, that's almost why I don't understand why you would cast him as Commissioner Gordon in the Snyderverse. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I just don't I, understand that cast. I never understood that casting. Yeah, I I, I totally one hundred percent agree. And he's a great actor. And I don't understand why he's still doing these freaking uh, insurance commercials. Well, we are him. farmers. I mean, he must be getting paid a ton of money. He is. Absolutely. Um, all right, Chuck. And I believe it. He is going to play Commissioner Gordon Batgirl, too. Right. I believe. I believe. It. Yes, correct. Yeah. All right. Last uh, uh, last year, we, we were able to do the like 1981s of the world and 1991s. So this is fun. We go into a new year. We can look back 40 years ago and the top 40 movies of 1982. These are, these, these are movies that I like. Okay? Yeah, these these are real good flicks um, and real popular ones, too. Let's uh, I'll do my 10 through six. You let me know what you think. OK, I'm telling you, now, I'm I want to give an honorable mention. I didn't put it in my top 10, but Friday the 13th, part three did come out in 1982. OK, didn't make my list, but it has a lasting memory in my brain because it was 3D. It was my birthday. It came out August 14th and I and I we were there and it was a lot of fun. And it's one of the better in the pantheon of Friday the 13th movies. It, I I couldn't in my right frame of mind put it in the 10 best of a year, but it certainly is pretty close. Thoughts on Friday the 13th part three, Chuck? I liked it. Um, it's definitely an upgrade from two. There's some good. Listen, I saw. I think I seen every Friday the 13th movie in a the theater. Those movies were. They brought, the crowd, they brought crowds out on the weekend. Oh, they're opening weekends. They all opening well. weekends were always fun. That's People right. People were totally into those movies. I mean, obviously, it was slasher. So you knew what you were going to get. But well, they delivered for the most part on why you bought a ticket, right? Yeah. And it was I was in high school. It's Friday night. The new Friday the 13th movie comes out. You got to go see it. And we were ready to burn the theater down when A New Beginning came out because that was I remember that crowd was not very happy, Chuck, uh, what they did with what they did with Jason Voorhees in that one. But I digress. 10 best of 1982. My number 10 is a sequel. It's a third part and it's Rocky three. Mr. T introduced uh, in Rocky three and, and as Clubber Lang, a lot of fun. We lose Mickey, but we gain the friendship of Apollo and Rocky. And it's really 
the first movie of the of the series, Chuck, that kind of makes it a little more popcorn and a lot more fun. Um, oh, it's mess. It's 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 my number five. I'll get to it. It is, it is mess. It's a mess entertainment. No doubt even about it. More than the first two Rockies, which I love, but it's it's like, he, you know, you could argue Stallone with that property. In terms of creating interest, just, he was brilliant. He he played those characters he like did. chess pieces. Yep, he, he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. He, it was a soap opera. Let's face it. It was, he made it was a soap, a soap opera. opera yeah. and it worked. Yep. My number nine is Night Shift, the Ron Howard hysterical comedy where we really get to meet Michael Keaton in a classic role and Henry Fire Winkler off off character, uh, uh-huh. not the Fonz, but he very funny. Um, yes. uh, number eight, a gritty, great courtroom drama. And one of Paul Newman's best performances is The Verdict. Love uh, that I, film. Dark yeah. movie, dark ending um, and really tackles the subject of alcoholism as as good as any movie ever has. My number seven is Poltergeist which some believe Steven Spielberg directed, uh, but Tobey Hooper is uh, your director here, Chuck. And a lot yeah. of fun. We talk about this movie a lot. It's a classic horror movie with Higher on my list. Four great scenes, four great scares, at least. And my number six is the breakout performance of Eddie Murphy in 48 hours opposite Nick Nolte. Uh, really, we get to see the, the charismatic actor that he would become uh, before Beverly Hills Cop and everything else. It was really 48 hours where we learn how this guy can hold himself uh, up on the big screen. So Rocky three night shift, the verdict poltergeist in 48 hours. I'd imagine a lot of them are on your list. Yeah. I didn't put the verdict. I, I, I could, I love that movie. Yeah. And that's, that's great. That is, that might be his best performance. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that, movie, dark. that is a tremendous performance. Okay. Number for me, number 10 is never going to win an award, but I got to tell you when I saw it in a the theater and it has a cult following, I had a blast and that's Chuck Norris silent rage. Uh, it's like <laughs> Chuck Norris against Michael Myers. Yep. Sort of. And it, the movie's just fun. To yeah, it watch. is. It's just, it's sort of a weird hybrid of, uh, it's a very ballsy B movie that you just like, somebody probably had an idea, but it's the fact that they greenlit that idea. Surprising, but well, watching that too, Chuck, there was no yeah. mistake on, you could tell Chuck Norris had, and it, you know, it had something different than your normal oh, he, just he kung fu really, guy. You know, listen, he was really good. He, he, I tell you what, he had. He was relatable to the audience that was watching his movies. Right. He, he was very relatable, very likable. He was a good performer, and he, and he was a, a very decent actor. Not bad. A little stiff, but not bad. Uh, I, I like. I listen. Back in the day, I love me some Chuck Norris. Hey, number listen. nine. Number nine. Uh, I know it's higher. I put the thing. John Carpenter is a thing. That's on my list. I, it, it came out the same weekend as E.T. Crashed and burned over time. It's gained the following that it's deserved. It's one of the Carpenter's best. Kurt Russell, uh, an A-list actor who really fits very well into an ensemble. That's what's interesting about this yep. movie. But yep. great special effects by uh, Stan Winston. All practical. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, higher on my list too. another iconic teen comedy groundbreaking. I would say number seven, 48 hours, uh, great pairing boy. You know, Nick Nolte was one of my favorites, a very interesting actor hit big and rich man, poor man back in the seventies and a great movie actor. Great casting. Uh, I mean, let's think about great casting. His voice, Nick Nolte had that unique voice. Yeah. uh, Just a great talent and And underrated uh, bad guy. James Remar in that film, by the way. Yep. Real and good. My, num- my number six. 
an officer and a gentleman, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger. I love that movie. I love Richard Gere. Big payoff at the end, too, with the Up Where We Belong song. They don't make the, movies like that anymore. That's like it. That's what uh, Gossett Jr. Yeah. You know, um, I go real quick. Ten through six again. OK. Number 10, Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. Number nine, John Carpenter is a thing. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Number seven, 48 Hours, Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. And number six, an officer and a gentleman, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger. It always bothered me, too, when they went back to the well for another 48 hours where you know that uh, movie I think was a Eddie Murphy that, put on 48 I, pounds yeah, in that I, movie. In that movie, I'm, I'm insane director, right? Yep. Uh, John Land. Was it John Landis? Uh, no, Walter Hill. Walter Hill. No, excuse yeah. me. Walter Hill. Okay. Uh, that movie was flat from beginning. Oh to end. man! And it and then, felt so quick. And it, it was like a, it was like an 88 minute time killer. Yeah, and it, and it, like, and it never sits well with me when you take two characters from the original movie and then. They're bad in the second movie. So then you start figuring out, well, wait a minute. Were they bad in the first movie, too? And it was a bad idea altogether. Yeah, it's a bad I idea. hate it does, when they do it that. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, Chuck. A couple of those are on my list coming up. Uh, my number five is, you know, it's funny. He does Rocky three and he introduces yeah. Rambo, John Rambo in the same year. First Blood is an awesome and I'm mean, a capital A. Action well, a- a- flick. 82 is a really good year. It was. And that's not on my list, but that is. That's the most grounded of the Rambo movies. Absolutely. With, and then amazing, you gotta go- with an amazing villain in Brian Dennehy. I was just going to bring that up. And if you watch the movie through, you know, Rambo doesn't really kill anybody in this film. He throws a rock at the helicopter and the it's one guy falls. Ident- it's missing. He's just vilified for yep. no reason. And he all he does is try to escape and survive. Yep. And he's not really killing. It. And then if you find no. out the backstory about what they really want to do with this character, there would have been no more Rambo movies after this one. Um, where I don't I don't know how a studio would allow that character to commit suicide at the end of the movie there, Chuck. That was a bad idea that, you know, they actually, I believe, filmed um, wow. that never got done. But yeah, just a great performance by and an underrated performance by Richard Crenna, who's basically a TV star who really ended up making a career in the big screen because he, he kept playing uh, this role in, in the first blood movies. Yes, I'm not crazy great. about the other ones after this. I mean, really? I love not, uh, Rambo, too. You know, I love. Rambo I mean, they're just I like Rambo different movies. I, just, I, 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 here's the thing. The last Rambo. Oh, oh, bad. Real bad. Like, I mean, I need a shower. That movie, I, I'm stunned Stallone allowed that script. To be yeah, produced. it was bad. It's such a bad. It's so bad. Taste. That movie's just It's like a it's like a it's like a horrendous, nasty B movie. I will this say, though, nasty, man. I will say the the Rambo he did after he did Rocky Balboa was actually pretty good um, when he rebooted Rambo again. Yeah, I like it. It was actually decent. It was um, hardcore, but I like it. Yeah. But the, um, but the one, other ones the are just one. I mean, bodies are just flying all over. He's just killing, killing. I mean, I don't go for talk about first. blood. he doesn't kill anybody. And then the next two movies, and, and listen, he doesn't meet anybody. He doesn't kill. The problem I have with the last one, that scene when when they when they when he cut his face. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, like, yeah, what you, why is this in this? No, movie? It's, it's bad. It's you not can't be it, doing that to Rambo. No, it's a bad, bad flick. But First Blood is the fifth best movie of 1982. Very good. My number five was is is Rocky three. I remember seeing it in a the theater. I do as multiple, well. T- multiple times. I mean, uh, Mr. T just killed it in, in that movie and all the sober op- opera elements. Today, I Mickey go passing and uh, I cried in the theaters. The, that the, was the, a tough the, one. The, 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 you know, the. The montage stuff just completely works. Well, of course, uh, you get you get Eye of the Tiger, right? You got Survivor's Song, which was a huge yeah, number one and, hit. And the, the ending with Apollo and, and him and ding, um, ding. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so much. It's, the audience had a blast with that movie. Yeah, it really and, did. And, Go and, for and, it. And right. That's where. And, and, and we're forgetting the introduction of Hulk Hogan 
is, is, <laughs> Thunder, is Lips. Uh, Thunder Lips. And let's be honest, Rocky Three made made Hulk Hogan's career. Absolutely. That, and that, actually, that, that that was his launching pad. You could say it might have made Vince McMahon's career as well, because the yes. launching of Hulk Hogan. I agree. WWF. And then that's it. And and yep. the reason, you know, Mr. T played heavy part in the early uh, stages and, of that. And all, all the stars aligned. Yep, they all did. And I remember sitting in the theaters, Chuck, and that scene when he's wrestling Thunderlips and Paulie comes out and smashes him with the chair. The freaking crowd went nuts. And then the moron says, I don't sweat you. And I mean, and, and, it's and, just and you, so and, fun. And think about it. Remember sitting in a movie theater watching that sequence? Yes. Right? And you just said to yourself, I'm having a blast watching. This. Oh, my God. Like, and none so of it really makes that any sequence sense. Is incredible. Though. Yeah, it's just an it's incredible, so entertaining, incredible movie. Um, Chuck, my number four you brought up earlier, and a lot of it has to do with the practical effects. And it's definitely one of his best movies. And that's John Carpenter's The Thing, a dark, gritty uh, sci fi thriller about, uh, well, about an, really a virus going in from person to person and attacking them from within. Um, it's kind of like and then there were none. Uh, then there was one that kind of movie, 10 little Indians, who's going to be the last person standing, but just the practical effects alone, Chuck, whether it's, you know, uh, the one guy's head falling off and turn into a spider and running across. I mean, that line, the guy says is you've got to be effing kidding me. And that is a classic line. Um, and just some humble when and, and, uh, and, and Richard Geisert's doing the, the, right, the, the, uh, the paddles, the, actor, the actors that he ensembled in that movie Perfect. are all, all good. And then the grounded all with uh, Kurt Russell, who really barely says a lot of lines in this film. He doesn't feel perfect. like he doesn't feel like an, he doesn't feel like a movie star in that movie at all. No. And clearly Carpenter loved the original James Arnest thing. But this movie's so much better than the 1950 movie where you actually see the alien and all that. And stuff. It, looks be- it looks beautiful now. It's a great, great movie. Yeah. And then you got Keith David, too, who's really yeah. good at, you know, at just a weird casting. And the, that and the ending survives. is so thought, and the ending is so thought, listen, the ending is thought provoking. And um, again, they don't make movies like that anymore. No, they won't. no. They, and, and literally, John Carpenter doesn't make those movies anymore because he just no. doesn't make movies. So, I yeah, know. the thing, I love that flick. And it's my number four. My my number my number four is uh, is Tootsie. That's my number two, by the way. Yes, my number four is Tootsie. Uh, it's still a, a a blast to watch. One of the one of the most. Again, this is a, another movie. Just you just have a great time watching it. You know, Dustin Hoffman's awesome. Uh, Sidney Lumet, who plays his agent, was great in that movie. Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack. Sidney Pollack. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Sidney Pollack was awesome in that movie. His line readings are really good. And because yeah. uh, Tomato Jessica, Jessica Lang is just it's adorable in that movie. Well, and then and you, you throw in Charles Durning's got a great performance in it as well. But it's all let's face it, all the credit. You got to get Dustin Hoffman. I mean, what movie stars uh, today are like Dustin Hoffman, Chuck? There are none. There is no one that looks like Dustin Hoffman. That's a movie star today. I mean, maybe Ben Stiller, but still doesn't get the uh, credit that Dustin Hoffman made some classic, classic movies. And here's another one. And he's very, very good at it. Obviously he got nominated for an Academy Award. The movie got nominated for best picture as well. It's a funny movie, Chuck, and it holds up uh, even today. Uh, it, and, and you're right. I mean, Jessica Lang, we talk about it time in and time out. And Terry Gar is very funny in this movie as well as his first girlfriend. She's very, and of course, the most unbelievable cameo of all time that nobody knew about Bill Murray. 
Agree. Yeah, and, and, and there's a reason because uh, they don't want people to think, oh, it's a Bill Murray movie. Right. So he, he goes uncredited and he's really good in it. He's <laughs> so funny. So the party scene is so funny uh, at the house. I love that movie. It's my number two. Good pick, obviously. My number three, you brought up as Fast Times at Richmond High. Chuck, would you say Fast Times at Richmond High is the most paused movie of all time? One of them. <laughs> um, and it's just look beyond the iconic scene with Phoebe Cates, which is quite funny in and of itself. I know it's lasted for other reasons, but that scene is risky and funny and a good payoff at the end of it. That movie is funny from beginning to end. Cameron Crowe wrote it, obviously. Um, it's got some really good performances from Judge Reinhold and, of course, Jennifer Jason and, Lee. I, and, you know, I remember watching that in the theater back in 82. It, it, it makes you uncomfortable. It does. There's a uh, lot it, of it, it, it makes you uncomfortable. On, and it's doing that on purpose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's and, and the, the scene at the ballpark where, where she loses her virginity for the first time. It's very heavy subject matter. Oh, it's they hard, tackle. Listen, there was another movie. I don't know what year it came out. The Last, Last American, American Virgin. Virgin. That was a terrific movie, too. That was right? good. It, it also made you uncomfortable. Also, it did. This movie's uh, better because it's got yeah, a lot. But that was good, too. We've we've gone five minutes in. And I haven't even brought up Jeff Spicoli, an iconic character created by an iconic actor. And, and Mr. Han. And Ray Mr. Wilson. Han. If it's your right? time and our, my time, isn't it our time? Um, <laughs> and I don't know. And he writes it up on the board. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just some classic stuff by Ray Walston. And how funny is uh Forrest Whitaker in this movie when they trash his car and he goes berserk on the football field and <laughs> it's the big game. I mean, there's so many layers to this that are hysterical, not to mention the naivete and how beautiful Phoebe Cates was. And, you know, she became a star for probably the wrong reasons, Chuck, but for guys my age and your age, I mean, really had to be one of the first crushes in our lifetime. Yeah, I agree. And, and listen, I, 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 she sort of played exact opposite when she did Gremlins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like girl next door, a sweet girl next door. And <laughs> she's funny. Yeah. Stupid Judge Reinhold in that pirate outfit and in the bathroom. I mean, it's just I mean, every teenager who ever lived knows that scene yep. and can relate to it. Yeah, I agree. All right. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is Pol- Poltergeist. Uh, it's pretty damn it's good. Still, it still holds up really well. Yep. It's well shot. It's a good script. The casting, it's it's edgy for, for a PG movie. Too. Absolutely. Very edgy for a PG movie. I mean, you still watch it now when you see uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, you know, smoking pot in the bed. Yeah. Marijuana. It's like, really? Like in a Spielberg produced movie? Well, talk about that, too, because you bring up awesome. Spielberg and, you know, Toby Hooper directed it. But the yeah. rumor is. Well, Spielberg that- was I mean, there's no doubt he was on set all the time. I mean, is it some and of the I'm, scenes? And, I, and I'm and I'm sure he set up a lot of shots. And I mean, some of the some of the cast says he directed it. So you can't tell me, Chuck. The very it end feels movie, like a Spielberg movie. It does. You can't tell me at the very end of that movie with the theme and the crane shot of the hotel room with the TV. That's Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. what anybody. That is Spielberg. That he said this is the ending. It's going to be. I know. You know, he he was part of writing it too. So, but that that shot in and of itself. I mean. You talk about iconic scenes, the big hole in the wall, the tree, uh, the guy's face melting in the in the in the uh, mirror. Um, there's some iconic, scary stuff in this, Chuck. And then, you know, recently I turned on Poltergeist three was on HBO Max. I turned it on and it's utter trash. And it's a shame what happened to that little girl um, in real life. But 
That was know, a cash grab. What, Tom Skerritt, Tom Nancy Skerritt, Allen, right? Lara Flynn Boyle, in a, right? It's bad. in a luxury apartment building. In Chicago. It just doesn't make yeah, any I sense. Yeah, I actually saw that in a theater. Yeah, uh, but I'm two. Not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of two. Two, I, I, found, I found it passable, but it's just the, the cast all melts. I find it interesting in two, they don't even bring up the teenage daughter that they had. Um, yeah, you know, and who, who died tragically as well, who's an iconic, you know, there, a lot of people thought there was a curse to Poltergeist. I know. They, I remember, remember, I think like on each channel behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Things, the curse of Poltergeist. Yeah. I remember that. Chuck, uh, my number two is Tootsie. Uh, I agree with you for all the right notes. Um, very funny movie. There's no doubt about it. Um, my number one is got to be one of your top two. Um, so go ahead. What's your number two? My number two is Night Shift. And uh, and I got to tell you, they, they don't make movies like this anymore. It wasn't a big budget film. It was Ron Howard's second directorial effort. He cast his buddy Henry Winkler against type. It's exact opposite of Fonzie. Newcomer Michael Keaton steals the show. Billy Blaudowski. I know like he was so manic in the movie during the dailies as the studio was nervous that if, you know, they they, they wanted him fired. Yeah. Uh, and and and. It just winds up to be a perfect chemistry. And don't forget Shelley Long, how good she is. She's very good in it. And and, movie. She's really and good in that movie. Also, don't forget, you know, Brian Grazer, they produced this together, really launched the career of Ron and, Howard. And it has good music. It has good music. It's really in good it, music. Right. Um, it has that end, end credit song, uh, which they don't use in a lot of movies anymore. And and look closely. You'll find Kevin Costner's in this movie, yes. too. And, you have to watch a, real close. In a party scene. And, and uh, it's, it's it has edge. Yeah. I just, uh, to me, the one line that, you know, Michael Keaton playing on the tape recorder. This is Chuck telling Bill to shut up and yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, it really is just as like, here's Michael. Keaton. I mean, listen, it, it, here's, a, here's a deal. It's, a, it's for people who are not familiar with the property. It's about two guys who are working at a morgue overnight who get involved and start running a prostitution ring. They don't know what they're doing, but they're decent people. And <laughs> it's a very funny movie. Uh, it's funny too. And Michael Keaton, you could argue Michael Keaton has never been better comedically than in Night Shift. You could argue that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it you, it starts Michael Keaton and Ron Howard to just different careers um, from this point yeah. on, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and weirdly, Henry Winkler would continue to be the Fonz after this and really not till recently started doing, you know, things where you don't think of him We're, as the Fonz. Yeah, you know? he, well, he's been in a ton of uh, like anything Kevin James pops up in. Right. And uh, 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 Adam yeah, Sandler used him a lot, Adam too. Sandler, yeah. 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 And, he, and he, he's always playing sort of the same role, but he does it very well. An interesting part of this, if you listen to the end credits of this song, you might hear. Wait a minute. That's what friends are for. Dion Warwick and that right. big hit with Elton John. Big number one song. Well, actually, that song is from this movie and Rod Stewart did it, which is a big trivia question that not a lot of people oh, okay. don't know. Um you talk, you bring up the good movie in it. And obviously, I think, we know, I think I think we know our number one. And it's not Gandhi, which won best picture that year, although it is a good movie. It's fine. Gandhi's a fun, fun movie. But the best movie of 1982 could be the best movie of the 80s. And that's Steven Spielberg's E.T. Chuck. And it's just a one once of a once in a lifetime experience in a movie theater as a young boy. Watch who's basically the same age as Elliot in this film and just the imagination of one director doing, you know, he basically wanted to make another movie like Close Encounters, but really make it more accessible to a mass audience. And boy, yeah. oh boy, did he ever do it? I'll give you, I'll tell you an example. Uh, it's got to be about six years ago when my daughter 
or five. My daughter is about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Birthday party at the theater, right? I was so there, by show- the way, people. And, and Annabella's first real movie in the movie theater. Right. I was there. Yeah. So the way people react to that resurrection scene, especially if you get kids, I mean, it's so exciting, Mike. It's when unbelievable. When comes, comes back to it's so awesome. Like, it's one of the great, it's one of the great emotionally stirring sequences ever put into a movie. Like you, here's the thing about that movie too, which again, generationally, if, if this came out now, the movie slow burn. Yes, it is. For the first yeah, half, sure is. Right. And then it starts to really get in your, it, it gets in every pore of your body. Right. And then you're all in and you're, you're all in. Cause, and a lot and of it's because, I mean, because, because you care yeah. about ET and Elliot like and Elliot you, more you, importantly. You, yeah. You yeah. care about those characters, right? And, and you watch emotion. a child and, 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 you know, you watch a kid grow up from a tag along to lead the gang at the end to save the, I mean, the, 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 the his, what, evolution of the character is just remarkable. What's his name? Who plays the scientist? Uh, Peter Coyote. He's good in that movie. He is. And, and, uh, D, and D Wallace is a really hip mom. And, right? and, and, uh, and Drew Barrymore, hysterical as a young little girl. I think she's smoking pot in that movie, too, right? Or mentions, I think uh, so. Maybe, maybe, right? yeah. And, you know, and his friends, uh, even his uh, his brother, who really didn't amount to much outside of that movie, movie. Oh, he's, he's very good, good in, in it. Oh, he's very good. Uh, and then, of course, the iconic score by John Williams, where I heard. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. We all know the, the Wizard of Oz is absolutely generationally iconic. Yeah. Is E.T. in the same stature and should be, but is it? Yes. Or I no? think it is. I really do. I really but, believe that it is. I think you especially when you throw on the music by John. You have to believe every kid who's eight, nine, ten discovers E.T. No. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. No matter what generation and, okay. and and it lives on forever, you know, and Henry Thomas. it. I mean, it was just a, an explosion of talent. Uh, I mean, I cried so much in this movie when I was a little kid, Chuck. You know, you ever see on YouTube when Henry uh, Thomas is doing the screen reading and then Spielberg says he cries and Spielberg says, "Okay, that was good. Not bad. By the way, you got the part. Oh, it's (laughs) it's awesome. Yeah. Watch that on you for people. Watch that on YouTube is really cool for that stuff. And also watch on YouTube the cameo. By Harrison Ford that got shot and was never in the film right, as, the, the school. as the, he was going to play a school teacher, right? Yeah, he was going to be the principal of the school after he lets the frogs. And, loose. and here's another trivia question. The voice of E.T. was Deborah Winger, right? For right. the longest Deborah time, Wing- that, Deborah Winger, right? Um, yeah, I, I heard that was disputed, though, that that's not actually true. Okay, I heard that was that's a, what I heard. Yeah, if that's a, if that's a uh, you know, a red herring. But that's what I always heard. And obviously that was written by his first wife, Melissa Matheson, right? Yes. Steven Spielberg and uh it, no, just, that was Harrison Ford's wife. Harrison Ford's first wife, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's just a, a great, great, unbelievable film, Chuck. And often rumored, I mean, you know, in the whole decade of the 80s, you always heard, is he going to make another one? Would he make a sequel? He never went back to that well. And I think that's part of the reason why it becomes an iconic movie in and of itself, Chuck. He never cashed in on what was the, let's face it, this was the biggest movie of all time until Titanic. This was it. This was the number one movie block blockbuster of all time until Titanic. Hit. And, and, and let's just talk about when they re-released it with Spielberg with the gun, you know, uh, took, yeah, out he took the all the guns out. And, and, yeah. then he, and then he said, then he realized, ah, you know, it's no reason for this. this is silly. No. Why? Why screw with a classic? It's just stupid. It is. Um, uh, I mean, they, did just add a, a, they did add another scene where he's in the bathtub, though. 
<laughs> falls right. into the water, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. All right, Chuck, uh, let's go through our list one more time before we sign off. Uh, you're 10 through one. Uh, number 10, Ch- Silent Rage, Chuck Norris. Number nine, The Thing. Number eight, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Number four, uh, seven, 48 Hours. Number six, An Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere. Number five, Rocky Three. Number four, Tootsie. Number th- uh, three, uh, Poltergeist. Number two, Night Shift. And number one, Steven Spielberg's immortal classic, uh, E.T. Uh, my 10 through one is Rocky Three. Number 10, Night Shift. Nine, The Verdict. Number eight. Number seven, Poltergeist. Number six, 48 Hours. Number five, First Blood. Number four, The Thing. Number three, Fast Times at Richmond High. Number two, Tootsie. And number one, E.T. You know, it's interesting. You know, my number one and two. About, we always talk about 84 being the best year in pop culture. This is, this is right there. Pretty good. And my That's one and two good. were the two biggest grocers of the year. Although E.T. made $360 million. Tootsie made 170, Chuck. Wow. So if that's any indication on how big the year was. And don't forget, Rafa Khan came out, uh, you know, yeah. Star Trek 2. And, and here, and, it is, and it's a very good movie. It's so many good movies we could have put on a top 15. Here's Absolutely. A when, Reds. You look at, when you look at the divergency of these movies, right? And you think about what's being produced now. I'm, I, we lived in better times for movie making, No. Yeah, no doubt about it. Come on, no, we did. No doubt about it, Chuck. Uh, it, it's really quite remarkable. And, uh, you know, we, when we pontificate often, is like, will we ever get back there again? It's going to be hard to get back into maybe, that maybe theater not, in 1982. The we, we, there is a library of hundreds and hundreds of great movies, though. Yep, there is. There's, and that could be rediscovered year after year after year. And, no and doubt about no it. there's no reason that they can't be. Yep. All right, Chuck, we'll do this all over again next week, my friend. All right, Mike, uh, always a pleasure to the audience. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.